Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I want to chat about an issue that I know was a real problem for many cancer survivors. Um, people who haven't been able to get life insurance cover for their for their loan, for their mortgage. Some people have. Um, but you're often talking about higher premiums and even outright refusals in some cases too. And it's not just people who've gone through a cancer diagnosis and now subsequently in remission. There's often uh, people who have other medical illnesses, medical conditions, um, maybe perhaps in, in earlier life. They too, we're hearing, are being refused. Um, I know of, of cases where women have gone for a smear test, um, now that the HPV, uh, been referred on for colposcopy, um, you know, a biopsy, something that's extremely common, might I add. Like it's actually, it's a preventative measure. It's as part of the national screening programme. And if they're then waiting for results or further monitoring, as can often be the case, basically still within that system, I know of cases where people have been affected um, in these particular instances as well. So it's not just cancer survivors we're talking about. I know that's the story you probably hear more frequently. Um, this has been discussed by the government in, in, in recent years. A bill on it has actually been shelved. But I really, really do think that politicians should stand with cancer survivors on this issue and the fact that they're, they're looking um, for the right to be forgotten like is the case in, in many other countries where after a period of time or a certain number of years, you know, you don't have to tick the box on the form like I have here in front of me today to say that within the last three years, you've been referred for X, Y, Z or still awaiting results and that kind of thing. So I've been asking you to get in touch to share your stories with us on the programme today. Um, a lot of you actually have been doing that. Going to come to some of the texts in a moment. But Kieran is with us on the line. Kieran, will you just outline... The, the issue that you had. Hi, Andrea. Thanks so you? much for having me on. Mm. It's always chat to you. Um, Andrea, I, uh, should I, do you want me to give you a little brief background on just the give medical us, history? Yeah, if you don't mind, just a, a brief, I suppose a brief, you know, background and just yeah. to explain to listeners, Kieran, your, your story. Yeah, sure. So I was diagnosed, I uh, went into hospital in 2017, January 2017, with a, a diagnosed spinal tumour. I went for an operation and woke up, and I was it was a double whammy in 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 what happened. I was woke up. I was to, I was paralysed from the waist down, and I was told that I had a, a cancer in my back, in the spinal column. Um, so I went through eight months, stayed in hospital because I wasn't allowed to leave because I couldn't move, uh, yeah. and uh, I went through eight months of chemo and radiotherapy, and went then through a number of years after that through rehabilitation. Uh, thankfully, after all of that, um, after spending a number of years in a wheelchair, I got back up on crutches again, and now I'm kind of walking with one crutch. So, good news is I am mobile again. Yeah. Um, and I did go through the cancer treatment, and since then I have received one, two, three, four, five. I'm counting them out in front of me. Five radiological reports uh, from follow-up MRIs. And they said the conclusion is no evidence of residual or recurrent tumour. And then most recently, stable imaging appears with no local recurrent disease and stable post-operative and post-treatment changes, which is from a professional uh, uh, radiologist. That is the all clear. You've mm. been given the I was going to say as good as it gets. That's Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, 
Now, since that time, I've I've got I've moved on with my life. I've got married to a beautiful woman, Gemma. In fact, today is our anniversary, oh, which, which coincides quite nicely with Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yesterday, and um, we've we've been trying since two thousand uh, twenty twenty. We've been trying for the last three uh, yeah three years to get mortgage approval. Um, in that time, we have been uh, we have spoken to a number of different brokers. Um, they have put us in touch. Uh, they have gone about trying to seek uh, life cover first because they they have foreseen uh, in advance. They for, they always foresee in advance the barriers that are that are going to mm. come up during this process. And we've been over that time we've been deferred, denied, ghosted um, on a number of occasions as well by brokers and. Um, no, not by insurance agencies. In fairness, it's by brokers because it's seen we're seen as a difficult case. But I can tell you that on one occasion, by one insurance agency and I, I, one insurance company, I won't name them. Of course, I won't. But okay. we have been told, and I have the um, I have it in front of me here now, that the cost for cover would be seven hundred and eighty-eight euro and thirty-two cents per month for five years. And then forty five euro per month thereafter plus so it's a second mortgage. It's a second mortgage. So I know that Ireland is currently going through a bit of a housing crisis at the moment. Everyone is very aware of that. It's it's, it's on everybody's lips. Mm. And everyone's talking about that. But what hope do I or someone else in this situation have of ever trying to like move on with our lives when we've got when you're faced with something like that? And I have to say um, when I was in hospital for the period of time that I was in there, um, I was looking at very young adults, children in some cases, receiving oncology treatment, going up and down for this treatment. And that's not something, as grateful as they will be to be survivors, and I hope all of them that we that I saw that time were survivors, although they probably weren't, but majority of them are, 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 I would hope, are because treatment is getting better. Prognosis are getting better. And they're people that will not, they'll have to live with the mental, physical and emotional toll of the diagnosis and the associate treatment for the rest of their lives. But without this right to be forgotten bill, which I know you've mentioned already, mm. those that are impacted, particularly adolescents and young adults, they, they can't move on because they don't have the same level of access to finance through banks that can lead to struggles to expand upon their education, growth in jobs, buy a home, and all through no fault of their own. And that's where there's a real unfairness in the market right now. So where are you at at the moment then, Kieran? We're renting. Myself and my wife are renting. Um, we are currently going through the process of applying for a mortgage and life cover again with another broker who has been very supportive so far. We're just getting to the life cover part again. Um, but I no doubt foresee issues or barriers mm. um, uh, propping up again in front of us in the near future in regards to this. It's, you know, it's funny you, you mention other people that, you know, you, you now, because you're so aware of this and you're in the bubble of it and you're, you're looking around at other people that you now know are too going to be affected by this if things don't change. Uh, they obviously, more than likely, they don't know about it. Nobody does. I mean, I, I knew nothing about this, to be honest, Kieran, myself, until I had to start filling out 
um, these these very same forms and you know you go into things like family health and I understand that like naturally insurers need to be aware of this and 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 you know if there is um, any underlying issue any underlying issues of course in the same way as to take out health insurance totally understand that but in other countries the period of time you know it changes after like for instance in France I think it's five years mm-hmm. you have the right to be forgotten there like what I was astonished by on on the form um, and one of the forms for, not one of the forms actually I think in, in every one of them that I looked at certainly you know even things like been referred to um being referred to a specialist or undergone um, investigations for, for things like uh, even, for instance, like a smear test that the women go through, which is the most common thing in the, in, you know, in, in the medical screening process that we encourage women to go through. this, like that too is on it. And then you have to find yourself filling out the different boxes. And that's often where people, like they only, you only realise this is an issue when you're in the middle of it. You have the box ticked. Yeah. I mean, and you named France there and it's not just France. France, are leading the way on this. Belgium, Luxembourg, Portugal, Romania, Netherlands, all of these have legislated for this. All of ha- all have a right to be forgotten uh, bill in place. There are two others that are currently going through the process as well. Ireland is lagging behind in regards to this. And it's almost as if that the individuals who are lobbying against this are individuals who will not be impacted by this either. I mean, you only have to turn on, like, I mean, you only have to watch something like The Great British Bake Off or something like that on, on, on uh, Channel 4. But like, they're, and, and they do a stand-up to cancer uh, every year. And I know we, and I know the Irish Cancer Society um, have, have I, I, can, I can talk about the, uh, what's happened in the UK, but the Irish Cancer Society have been really, really pushing for this legislation to come into play for, for, for a long time now. And I'd really like to thank them for, for, for doing that. One of the big stats that they always put up on those programs is one in two in in in, in our lifetime will be impacted by cancer. So I don't understand how we can kind of hide away or hide away in the shadows from this and pretend mm. that this isn't this isn't something that is going to impact the the, the majority of I us. Know. The only thing that the only things. thing that's happened, the only thing that I think that 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 that, that is. Um, this is this is something I think that's really impacting young adolescents and young adults. I think I suppose they, they, there's a belief that the cancer will probably only hit later on in life, but mm-hmm. that that isn't the case. No. And should people be penalised for that? No, and, and, the, and the point being too, Kieran, I suppose it's not just people that have even, you know, that have gone through the whole uh, turmoil and the experience of cancer as well. It's, it's, it's you know, it's those with other um, previous illnesses and, and diagnoses too, like uh, loads of texts coming in from people. Um, Kieran, how are you doing at the moment? Like, how, how are you getting on and how's things? Fit, healthy. Yeah, of <laughs> I mean, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, really, really doing well. Like, I mean, like, you know, you, you, as I said, when, when you are diagnosed with the, with the, with any sort of, of 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 disease, and it can be, it doesn't have to be life threatening either. You live with the consequences of that, and you, but you, you develop from it, and you learn how to live with it. You know, and that's something I think that is that is any that has happened for me, and it's happened for many other individuals who I've met along this journey as mm. well. You know, you learn to live with it, and you get on from it, and you can have a normal life. And the survival, I mean, the reason why this has been introduced at the European level and why other uh, countries are moving ahead with this right to be forgotten bill is because 
the information is out there to say that if you live to five years, you can live to 10 years. If you can live to 10 years, you can live to 20 years. There's why, and, and, and why should we, you know, we, we're living in a developed world and a developing world all the time. You know, we're, we're getting better at living with yeah. the illnesses that we... And you want that, that opportunity too to, you know, to, to move on and, and, and progress yeah. with your, your life as well. Kieran, will you stay with us if you don't mind on the programme because I've, a good few other people have got in touch about this as well. If you want to join us, if you have a similar story, if you've experienced this, not been able to get the, um, the, the life insurance cover for the loan, uh, 1800 453 is the number. Erica is on the line as well. Erica, is this something that you've come up against? Hi, Andrea. Yes, it's something I'm good, thanks. And yourself? Good. Yeah, it's something that I've come across. It's something that members of my family have come across as we've unfortunately all gone through cancer diagnosis at different stages, different levels of survivorship. Um, And it really boils down to discrimination. We have the right for our cancer past to be forgotten. We want to forget it. So the government should really mandate that insurance companies and finance companies should be forced to forget this cancer past that we have too. Um, I just wanted to say as well that when you're going through treatment, it's very, very grueling. And often the thing that gets you through is the thought of a holiday at the end. Um, And then when you get to that point and realise that nobody will insure you for that holiday, it's really difficult. You know, you feel like you've come out of the worst of it, but, you know, there's still all these barriers and hurdles that you have to reach. Um, and it's not just holidays, you know, it's the same. There's all sorts of financial discrimination. It's the same when you go to apply for a mortgage um, or even if you're lucky enough to already have a mortgage and you move house, you can't bring that life assurance policy with you for at least five years after a diagnosis, sometimes longer depending on your type of cancer. So you come up against all of these barriers. Um, you know, my own dad has stage four cancer and thankfully his condition is quite stable at the moment. And he recently just went on a trip of a lifetime to Vegas for my sister's fiance's stag. And we couldn't get a single insurance company to insure him going to America. So, you know, he thought I can either not go out of fear or I can go uninsured. So that's what he was forced to do. Um, you know, I just think as well, there's a huge cancer survivor population in Ireland I once heard that the cancer survival population here is the equivalent of the entire population of Limerick at the moment and growing. So not only are we being discriminated against, but the insurance companies and financial companies themselves are also hugely losing out on a big chunk of the market here. And and like and that's the point, Erica, that's been made by a lot of the people who've sent in emails today. Like, I mean, people say, you know, I'm four, I'm five, I'm six years in remission. Um, you know, very, very positive uh, prognosis, and you know, an outlook for the future. Uh, I'm quite happy to pay a high, higher premium, but I'm not happy to pay a second mortgage. Like, is is your experience around not being able to get? Um, the the life assurance, like the the mortgage protection, basically, is that is that where you've had the issue? Yeah, so we were considering moving house, but we were told that we couldn't bring the life assurance policy we have since before my diagnosis onto a new property. Um, so we're essentially, and you know, we're lucky that we have our house. Like, don't don't get me wrong, but we can't move house um, until at least five years post active treatment. But then when I was discussing it with brokers they said oh well you're on tamoxifen for 10 years so we'd have to reassess that as well and um, so you kind of just feel like stuck in the mud like you can't necessarily plan for your life in the way that you would have before 
And um, so it is very difficult. Mm. Uh, this texture here has got in touch because you know I did make the point as well I know it's it's like it's the whole turmoil as you say Eric of going through the diagnosis and the treatment and emotionally physically mentally all that goes with that but it's people too I suppose with other you know conditions over the years like this listener says I was diagnosed at 25 with MS MS does not have a legal or medical remission diagnosis so once you have it you have it impossible to get a mortgage or insurance cover it's incredibly disheartening as well says this listener Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk We were just talking about whether past or previous medical conditions issues have prevented you from getting a mortgage and we've been chatting to Kieran and, and Erica there about their story Paul Merriman is a financial planning expert Paul is with us too on the line Paul how common is this with in, with insurers uh, Hi Andrea and uh, first of all thanks for bringing this up because this is a major issue for a lot of people out there so I think it's great it's been discussed okay. uh, previous medical complaints uh, I suppose from an underwriting point of view when you go for a life insurance application or income protection or specified illness the underwriter is there to make sure because to make sure that they're getting the right risk on the books for the right price because insurance is a pooled uh, system where everyone puts in money and then if you need the claim, you get money back out of the system. And um, very basic. So if somebody has a higher risk of claiming, they should be paying technically speaking, a higher premium than somebody else. And that's the base of all insurance, whether it be car insurance, when you look at no claims bonuses, or someone's crashed a few times, versus someone that has a clean licence, and the same, unfortunately, when it comes to health. Now, just to say, I empathise with everybody here. I personally have uh, got kidney disease, and I found it next to impossible to try and get cover for myself uh, a few years back in a mortgage application. I eventually got cover, and I have a 350% loading on my cover. So I completely empathise with everybody that's going through this. So even though I'm advisor i've also had it from a personal point of view as well uh, and i know how frustrating it can be as well because i've had a kidney complaints since i was a kid um and like like everyone speaking today obviously my kidney disease isn't as a uh, as a I suppose the biggest issue was cancer is for other people as well. It's not trying to say it is, but going through the process is soul-destroying, especially when you are trying to get a mortgage. So I can really empathise with people here. But the underwriter has a, an obligation to make sure that everybody from a risk point of view has the right risk uh, associated, the right premium associated with that risk. I think everybody's right. I think it should be less than 10 years. It's currently 10 years for cancer survivors in Ireland. I think it should be much less, maybe five years. But there's also a lot of misinformation out there in the press as well. And so what you can do is if somebody has been six months outside of treatment, so let's say a a, a man has had testicular cancer and six months out of treatment, they can apply for cover. uh, And depending on how severe it was, they might actually get cover. They will most likely have a loading or an exclusion, depending on the type of policy they're going for. So they will probably pay more. But that will be reviewed on an either annual basis or in a few years' time by the underwriters. And that exclusion can be taken off or the loading can be reduced. And they get to 10 years, the loading would be reduced or taken off. Uh, and then they can have a normal normal rated policy, if you like, or paying a normal premium. So I just don't want listeners thinking today that if they have, they do have, or they have cancer now, or they've had cancer in the past that they can't deploy for cover. They can once or six months out of treatment. I think that's really important. Um, but the other thing I would say is if anybody listened this morning, no matter what their age is, if they are thinking of going for a mortgage, even if they're not thinking of a mortgage, actually probably, they should probably go and try and get some element of the cover now. 
because the earlier you plan this, the better. But like Kieran Ayaron was describing, you know, he's going for his mortgage yeah. uh, with his wife and this treatment from years ago. It's very pressurised when you're trying to find a house with your spouse or your partner or even by your own, whatever your situation is. So you should always try and get cover ASAP. Uh, so if you're coming out of treatment in six months' time and say you're 23 or 24 years of age, I would start applying then. Yes, you might be paying more, but you know you have the cover in place. Uh, and if you are thinking of going for a mortgage in later 2023 or even 2024, and you've any type of ailment in the past, I'd be reaching out and getting cover in place sooner rather than later. So you don't have to tie this absolute stress, because it is stress. Mm. Medical reports, you're going to go for medicals yourself. You're going to get all the reports from previous doctors and specialists. And it takes time. But if you're bidding on a house and you're trying to close it can cause so much stress and pressure. Um, so I, I would always say go as soon as possible. Um, the other thing I would like to add in this is that if you have a work pension scheme, you'll probably have what's called debt and service in your work pension scheme. And the mortgage, the bank might take that into consideration. Therefore, you might mm. need life cover because you're probably covered under your group scheme. But uh, so, so that's why some civil servants, Paul, is it, are saying that they're, you know, I had a couple of texts in from people who said they were um, they're teachers and have gone through this, but the bank took that. Yeah into account yeah, when exactly. looking at the mortgage you yeah. see so it was somewhat you, I suppose, different yeah, if you have say an 80 grand salary and your, your, your company pension plan provides four times debt and service the bank might take that into consideration they'll also take it into consideration if you're not the main income earner so let's mm. say somebody's on a higher income uh, and the lower income earner has uh, this issue they might waive the cover so again from a mortgage point of view getting advice and getting planning on this I, you know I say this in your show all the time Every part of every part of this stuff, whether it's a life cover, mortgage, investment, is all should be part of an overall financial plan. So planning the mortgage and planning the life cover as well as your income and what type of job you have and what benefits mm. you have in work, they all come into play to make the place better for the bank. Yeah, and, and, and look, I, I, I suppose where this really affects people is maybe people applying for a mortgage on their own too, Paul, you know, that and they've gone 100%. through this and it's a huge, huge, huge issue. Can I and just it will get, be a new for the bank. Can I just get you, Paul, just if you don't mind, just to, to, to Kieran, you're still with us and, and you were listening to Paul there. Like, what advice, Paul, do you have for for Kieran, or is there any advice for him? You know, just in your own perspective, in terms of um, just you keep that kind of that six month yeah. caveat in mind that you mentioned. Yeah, so Kieran should be able to apply for cover. Should be able to get cover, in my opinion. So I don't know all the medical uh, evidence here, but he should be able to get a quotation. Should be cover. He probably will be loaded. Uh, I think he said the cancer was back in two thousand seventeen. So he should be loaded, uh, probably by the by, by the underwriters. Uh, so you're probably going to pay a higher premium for another few years. Then in 2027, that loading should be reduced or excluded altogether because it'll be 10 years, uh, hopefully, cancer-free. Um, so you should be able to get cover and you're going to have to pay a little bit more for that cover. Um, and with that and loading... That's no, I know what you mean, but it's, suppose that's, just, that's, the way, that's the way the current policy is at the moment. And Kieran, yeah. you're still with us because you mentioned that loading that you were quoted, it's nearly the guts of it. Was, what did you say, 780-odd euro you were quoted? Yeah, thanks, Andrea. Yeah, and, and thanks, Paul. I, 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 it's great to um, have someone in your position and your profession online talking about this as well. But I, I would say, yes, um, it is possible to get a quote after six months, but I can tell you from experience, uh, when dealing with one in, one institution, for instance, I was told we would have a 10-year postponement for this type of uh, cancer. And then from another one, I was told, and as I said to Andrea earlier on, that uh, uh, cover would be offered. Now, this was with the UK provider because any of the yeah. other ones I was being pushed out. I was being they they weren't going to they weren't they didn't want to work with me or deal with me on this one. 
they said a 10-year period of cover, so not even over the term of the mortgage. Say, if it, Let's just focus on mortgage for a second. There are other loans, of course, mm-hmm. but for the term of a mortgage, they would only offer 10 years. And they said yeah. €788 Euro for five the first five years. Like, that's yeah. just not doable, is it? No, and Kieran, just to, not to burst your bubble here, the bank won't take that policy if it's a UK sterling policy. That's another thing you're up against, unfortunately. So you can, I did this myself again. I said this, my actual mortgage extra policy wasn't far off, but you're paying 700 euro a month, so I completely empathise. But the UK company, some of the banks won't take the UK policies uh, because it's in sterling and not in euro. Uh, and again, you're right, the term is usually only five or ten years. What you want is a really good advisor to pitch it to the bank to say, if, sorry, if you didn't mind paying that premium, you'd pitch it to the bank to be able to say, look, evidence-wise, if Kieran is free, say for 10 years, he's three or four years left, when he becomes free, he now applies for Irish cover, and depending on the underwriting and the overall case, you might get that over the line. But it's always a case-by-case basis. Um, I'm not sure when you got the, diagn- <clears throat> the decision that it was, <clears throat> sorry, he had to be spawned for 10 years, but it would be, in my opinion, worthwhile. There's five real Irish insurers in the marketplace at the moment, uh, so it'd be worth going around to the five different companies. And again, just for listeners, so everybody understands what this is. This is in the background, mm. Andrea, and probably for Kieran as well. The, the life companies in Ireland. So if you look at, say, Aviva, uh, uh, Irish Life, um, you know, New Ireland, Zurich, etc., Royal London, they're all brokers to reinsurance companies. So they take a little bit of risk on. They dump the risk onto a reinsurance company, which is a much bigger company. Remember you mentioned there you're wrong, Kieran, about France. They all use the same reinsurance company. So it's really madness that we are kind of being discriminated in Ireland because the reinsurance companies are pretty much the same reinsurance company that cover all risk in Europe. Uh, so the likes of our five life companies, they're just really a glorified broker to offload that risk to the reinsurance company. And that reinsurance company will have different rules and it shouldn't, in my opinion, for France and for Ireland, mm. uh, which is really frustrating if you actually dive into this issue. Paul, listen, thanks a million for, for getting in uh, in touch with us today and even just for, you know, ex- sharing your own um, experience and, and background and all of this too, just having, you know, gone through this from the medical perspective yourself. I, I, I do appreciate that. That's Paul Merriman, um, financial expert there from, of course, Ask Paul. Uh, lots more stories coming in on this as well. This texter says, I've been denied income protection cover through a union provided scheme in my workplace. It was extremely hard to get a reason from the underwriter. I had to lodge a GDP your request to get hold of it after three months of trying the reason um, was migraine despite an, an, an exemplary um, attendance record they refused cover outright with no other diagnosed medical conditions I'm appealing through my GP at the moment but I thought it was a very bizarre process absolutely crazy and I felt there was no ombudsman to take appeals to says this listener Jason is on the line Jason you, you've been listening to this and, and thanks for joining us what's your experience? Can you hear me all right, Jason? No, we got Jason. No, we'll come back to Jason maybe in a moment. Uh, 1800-453-106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us. You can drop us a text either 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. Erica, are you still with us on the line as well? Have we got Erica? No, I think Erica's gone there too. Uh, Kieran, like with that in mind, and I suppose the, the advice there from Paul today, you know, like where do you go now? I mean, do you go, do you go back to the bank with... It seems, yeah, it just seems like a bit of a <laughs> an endless merry-go-round. You're told that you're you're being uh, you're going from pillar to post, Billy to Jack on this. It doesn't really. There's no end game to this. There is one solution to this, and it's a very very obvious one. This uh, this what this right to be forgotten. There was a bill put forward 
to the Shannad in up to, in, 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 at the end of last year, the Central Bank Amendment Bill 2022, co-sponsored by Catherine Arda and Jerry Bottomer. Uh, the aim of it was to provide a right to be forgotten for cancer survivors after five years of no treatment. So as we said, like in France, like in Belgium, like in the other EU countries we listed there, what happened was the Minister of Finance at the time paused the bill by bringing a memo to Cabinet which proposed to introduce a timed amendment that would adjourn the legislation for a year, so put a delay on this. So all that's happening here is, is that this has been delayed. This is going to happen. Mm. It, there's a, there, there is a fight on in the EU at the moment to push this legislation uh, across in all countries. And as Paul said, very uh, wisely said there, all of the big insurers that exist in Ireland, they're, 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 they're just, they also exist in the, in, in the EU. It's all the same. They're all the same companies. So Ireland has always been treated like some outlier here. And all that, what happened was that so obviously there was uh, lobbying from Insurance Ireland and from the insurance agencies here to, to push, push pause on that. And Pascal Dunham at the time pressed pause on it and effectively killed the bill for the foreseeable future. So it's not going to be discussed for the foreseeable future. All that has to be done here is for Michael McGrath, current Minister for Finance, to revisit this issue and to have a change of heart or change of opinion on it and to allow this to proceed as normal through Shannon, through Roctus, mm-hmm. and let it get put, and let it get accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's the solution here. It's very, it's really, really it's as simple as that. Well, that's the point it's I made earlier when I talked about, you know, the, it been it been chatted about through government and Iraqis committees, and I mean it's effectively kind of shelved if you want to say that for the for the moment. But you're right. Like if the politicians are serious about this, they should stand with you and with Erica and with others. You know, on on this issue. Um, and sure, it's there. It's in the pipeline. Like it's 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 it, with a stroke of a pen. You know, it can it can nearly be changed. And the, the impact of this and the implications of it for you, Karen. So many others and other listeners getting in touch with us today would be absolutely huge. Just the ability to, to buy a house. I mean, to think that you go through the whole hassle of trying to save to get the, the deposit and apply for the mortgage and all that goes with that and then people can't draw down mortgages basically over over the head of this. Kieran, listen, thanks a million for joining us in the programme today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. Now, a little earlier in the programme, we've had a lot of reaction, actually, I should say, to this today. We're talking about whether past medical conditions, previous medical issues that you've had, how they've prevented you from getting a mortgage, getting the loan that's required, the life insurance, basically, the cover for the loan. And a lot of people getting in contact with us today about this. Christina is on the line. Christina, what's your experience? Hi, Andrea. Um, yeah, I suppose I just um, wanted to ring, obviously not from um, not from a cancer perspective, but from a Crohn's disease perspective. Um, it's the same challenge with Crohn's disease. Um, it's basically um, no life insurance cover, but there is a mortgage protection, but that's 100% of a premium increase. Um, and then you still have to be obviously well enough to you know, be earning enough to go for a mortgage in the first place and you're still undergoing constant care and treatments and medications and injections maybe at home and things. So it's just, I suppose it's just broadening the span from, you know, as, mm. you, as you mentioned yourself, the number of illnesses, I think, that probably do become affected by something like this. The reality is, Christina, like, sure, naturally, nobody thinks of this until you're starting to fill out the forms. Yeah, it's true. And um, I suppose, uh, as someone earlier said, you know, you, you do end up having a network of friends who 
have these symptoms and um and you know it's always nice to be able to recommend whoever you find i personally i found a broker who set who specialized on people with existing illnesses in ireland so um they worked on my behalf and without them i would not have been able to secure my mortgage I, I, at all so and it is a, a 100% increase um of a, a premium mm. but i mean you know you need a home so um there's not really a whole lot of choice in that. No. I think for, for me, I mean, when it's 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 um, I don't really need the right to be forgotten because I feel like more the systems that are there need to be more inclusive of people who have illness. Because even if I am going to exercise, um, you know, my cover and use it, I just want to be covered to the point that I'm enabled to be fit and healthy and well enough again to be self-supporting. I don't really I'm not looking at it as a long term solution for myself. And I think that the mechanisms and insurance and the way it works needs to be designed instead of being just profit making actually needs to be focused on why it's set in the, up in that way in the first place. Okay. It's and, and you're right. You're right about that as well, Christina. Because um, we're talking about this today because cancer survivors they're looking for the right to be forgotten. And what that means yeah. is that after a certain period of time or after a certain number of years, we'll say, for instance, like maybe five, as is the case in in France or in other countries, um, you know that that you don't have to disclose the fact that you know you've you had cancer when you were you know thirteen or fourteen or whatever the case is, and and because that is preventing people in some cases from being able to get the cover that's needed to draw down the mortgage. Stay with us, Christina. We've Andrea on the line too. Uh, what's your story, Andrea? Hi, Andrea. Um, I've actually spoken to you before about a few things surrounding me. So my kind of brief background is I got breast cancer in 2017 and I had a me um, that I found out in 2020 it spread to my bones. So technically it is classed as stage four, um, but I'll never be in remission. It's not a curable type of cancer. I'm going to be on treatment forever. It's easily managed and my oncologist said to me it is like having a chronic illness but I'm never going to be in remission. I'm divorced due to domestic abuse and course control. I was forced to leave the family home. That house was sold. So I am now homeless. I'm living in my sister's house as she lives abroad but I mean they're going to be coming home potentially at the end of this year um, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I rang a few insurance companies and they practically laughed at me um, saying not a hope. I'm never going to be in remission so I don't know what I'm going to do. I know that our schemes through the social welfare and I've been trying to reach out and find out but again I don't know if life insurance is going to be a stumbling block for me um, I really don't know what I'm going to do because effectively I am homeless and it scares the crap out of me I have two teenage children and I, I don't know what to do Oh Andrea there's yeah that's and is there any advice like has anybody been able to give you a broker or anybody been able to well, a broker, a normal traditional broker, I do, um, broker we actually used when I was married. Um, he basically said there's nothing he can do from his point of view. I'd have to go to the social welfare and explore all the avenues with social welfare. So that's what I'm trying to do. I am on the social housing list. But I mean, my goal is to own my own home. I don't really I want to rent. I want to close this chapter of my life. It's been absolutely horrendous. And it's ongoing. I'm not still done with my divorce and everything. And I'm just traumatised from everything. I can't cope with anything. And I just want a home for myself with children. They've been moved around from Biddy to Jack and everything. It's not fair on them. Um, so I'm trying to reach out to find out from the social welfare. I'm trying to get anybody I can use to help me. Yeah. And I hate asking for help. I, I don't like it. I just, I want to close this chapter in my life, have my own home. It's absolutely horrendous, Andrea. I, I worry about it so much. It's an awful lot to contend with, you know, and like even you, you talked about, you know, just your the, the, the dealing with the, the whole 
medical or you know to turmoil yeah. that comes with that like physically and, and and emotionally and mentally and um the whole you know i oh, i understand i understand completely andrew that's very that that is very tough and i i, I don't know i don't have and i don't know what to say to you you know in terms of advice or but look we'll certainly get on to the department of social protection i don't know does that come under their remit in terms of advice or in the scheme you mentioned that might be able to to point us in the right direction but um it, it's a lot to contend with like it's I can understand why you're, you know, you're, 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 you're worried about that. Um, Susan is on the line too. Susan, what, what's your experience? So we were quite lucky in that we bought my house before anything happened kind of thing. But four years ago, after I had my son, I was diagnosed with postnatal anxiety. And that was grand and treatment and no bother with it in the sense of got the help I needed, was on tablets for a while. And we decided to switch our life assurance because it was cheaper and we went through the broker we'd used before and that seemed fine and filled out the forms and I ticked where it said if you've suffered from depression or anxiety in the past and got an additional form to fill out which was fine got a similar one for the IBS I had which was very generic so I thought the the one for the anxiety would be the same but it was incredibly invasive they wanted to know not only what date did I start having tablets on, what date did I finish them if I was, wasn't taking them anymore. Um, they wanted to know all of the symptoms I had suffered during the time frame. They wanted to know um, when I first contact, contacted my doctor about it, what other treatments I may have had, even down to wanting to know the exact drug I had been on and the dosage, which and they're going, I've never been asked that by somebody who wasn't a medical professional and at this point I had been off them for two years and it was just the level of invasiveness that made me go I was to a degree I was okay talking about it I have no issues with talking Mm. about my experience with it but if somebody was in the midst of it at that point and I know myself if I'd been in the midst of it I don't think I would have been able to cope and I think that would have been something that just pushed me that little bit too far into a bit of a breakdown because it just felt like I was being punished for actually seeking help for having a, mel- a mental illness at that point. Yeah. And to ask somebody the dosage of medication, these are not medical people. They do not need to know what dosage you were on. Mm-hmm. And we were comparing because my other half has, has a few medical issues, nothing major, and but they were the ones where we got other forms to fill out just kind of for them to assess and the level of detail in those forms was considerably less than the ones than the generic form for mental health problems okay i don't and yeah it's it's, yeah, it's we, we didn't continue with it because they came back and the premium was so high that we're like it's not actually worth our so while. So you were given and the quote, but just there was it was the loading and there was the premium was the the issue, and th- and that seems to be the story for so many people. I mean, I have so many more cases and emails I could read out here from people talking about the fact that they were offered, um, offered insurance, but for huge premiums, like in some cases double, like double again the mortgage, 
um, and other people then saying they were just outright refused. I have a statement though in actually since from Insurance Ireland they say they've been working closely with members to develop the optimum outcome in terms of insurance cover for cancer survivors as well as endeavouring to ensure that there's no detrimental effects for other customers of protection products including specified illness cover. These types of products are extremely important for many in the cancer journey in ensuring the policy holders can pay for essential charges or treatments. Ireland is one of only two EU countries to offer such cover. Significant cover has been paid out to customers who find themselves dealing with a significant illness. The vast majority of claims of the specified illness cover are related to a cancer diagnosis. That's the statement from Insurance Ireland on this. Um, it's incredible the number of people who've got in touch actually about this today. It's um, and I can understand like it's and it's only when you sit down to fill out these forms that you you know you, you begin to realise that um, that abnormal smear or the biopsy you went for two and a half or three years ago now requires you to take a different box and provide a different different um, level of additional information and I understand that obviously you have to disclose. Um, you know, you have to disclose any previous illnesses or issues that you have. But like, it's it's something that, as Paul Merriman said earlier today, like, you, you know, just, I suppose, look into it earlier or sooner rather than later, because a lot of people say they have difficulties with this. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.